to prepare your hearts and your mind. Take your iPad, your notebook, everything that you jot down as you receive the word of God. And this morning to minister to us is my own boss, my own everything. He has done a lot of impartation on me on campus. Pastor Augustine Abbeville. Praise the Lord. I believe that one was for me, then do a better one unto Jesus. Not for me, but for Jesus. Hallelujah. Sons of God, victory. If you don't go to heaven, oh, I say, if you don't go to heaven, you blame who? God bless you. Can we please take our seat? We are so much grateful to God for such a wonderful day. In fact, I also want to add up to what has been said. I want to thank God for the life of our daddy, Apostle Doctor. In fact, it's been a blessing. And I know God in turn is also blessing him. So, Papa, this is just the beginning of what God is about using you for. I know this is just the, the foundational level. God will take you higher and higher and higher. If you agree with me, give me a resounding amen to that. And say, praise the Lord. Amen. This morning, I'm privileged and thankful as well to be given this platform. I want to speak briefly on the topic, preparing to meet Jesus. Preparing to meet Jesus. In Sunday school, we used to sing this song. Preparing to meet Jesus. Are there some Sunday school graduates here? Oh, are there some Sunday school graduates here? Can you join me sing that song? We are preparing. We are preparing. We are preparing. Amen. As our dear brother said, today is the Gospel Sunday. Most of times, we are tempted to believe that everyone in the church is saved. We are tempted to believe that all of us here are automatic candidates of heaven. That is what we wish for. But it is never so. I have realized in some few research that in the church we have unrepented believers. We have believers in the church, people in the church who have still not repented. That is the essence of the Gospel Sunday. The temptation of you forgetting about the glorious gift of salvation given to us by Christ is very high. Especially looking at the things that go on in our generation. I pray that this morning God will touch us once more. Or I said, I pray that God will touch us once more. The essence of Gospel Sunday is to remind ourselves that we are foreigners in this world. Tell your neighbor you are a foreigner. Or tell another person you are a foreigner. One who is a foreigner has in mind that one day I will leave the shores of this world. How many of us often think and reflect about this? Lift up your right hand and say, I am a foreigner in this world. Or say, I am a foreigner in this world. God bless you. 
Gospel Sunday also reminds us that we are on transit. We are on transit. When we say someone is on transit, it's like traveling to Saudi Arabia. You may not get direct flight to Saudi Arabia or Dubai. You need to maybe go and land at maybe in Egypt, then you continue from Egypt. So you are on transit. So our stay on this earth, I came to tell you, or I came to remind you that you and I are on transit. May God help us. Well, I say, may God help us. This day also reminds us that one day Jesus will come for his church. He will come for his glorious church. A church without stains or wrinkles. Sing with me. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jerusalem, I want to grow. Oh, man, oh, yeah. I want you to sing as though you understand the lyrics in the song. Jerusalem, I want to grow. Oh, man, your micro crown. You may be asking why this song? But pastor, no one is dead for us to sing this song. The reason is that these songs which come to remind us of our transit. These songs have been relegated to funeral. Hardly do you come to church you hear these songs. So somebody here may be wondering, ah, Pastor, but these songs are powerful. Telling us that one day we shall leave the source of this world. I pray that this vision or this remembrance will never depart from us. Always we will have in mind that one day Christ will come for his church. Can we quickly read something from the book of 
Second Corinthians 13 verse 5. I'm still speaking on the topic preparing to meet Jesus. Second Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Are we together? Oh, let me see my hands if you are here. Yes. And I know all of us here, if not all, 99.8% are all students. Before, in one way or the other, undertaking examination. The Bible is telling us to examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. One thing I know about examination is that the questions are said by who? Oh, exam questions are said by who? Come again. The teacher, right? There is no way a, a student sets questions for himself or for himself. So the teacher will set the question. He doesn't even give you a clue. Perhaps the best he can do to help you is maybe give you some areas to go instead. But for the actual questions, if it is not for maybe any other reason, any other ungodly reason, hardly will a true teacher give you the question. So you enter into the examination prepared or do, but you have no idea the particular questions that will be coming. That is what you do. After that, the examiner goes and then he marks the question. He marks your paper and then he brings you the results. But when it comes to faith, when it comes to faith, God is telling you and I to examine ourselves. So in this case, I am not in the authority or I am not I'm not, how do I put it? I'm not in the position to disqualify anyone here from going to heaven. No. If you go to heaven, you know. If you will not go to, you know. So you need to set. So what the test is telling us is that set your own questions and begin to answer them. So today, if Jesus comes, are you ready for him? Are you ready for his coming? Preparing to meet Jesus. May God have mercy. May God help us. So many people come to church with different reasons. Different reasons. Don't forget I said, in the church, there are unrepented Christians. Unrepented Christians. So no wonder Jesus said that a time is coming where he will tell some people, depart from me. I don't know you. Then he said, ah, you don't know me. I was a member of the A-Lang Worship Center. In fact, I am a tight contributor. In fact, I never joke with evangelism. In fact, I spoke in tongues. Then God would look at you and tell you, depart, I don't know you. I pray that this thing will forbid us. Oh, I said this thing will not be our story. But once we get there, he will look at us and tell us that, good, well done, faithful servant, enter into my kingdom. May God help us. Some people are here, the reason why they are in church is to get marriage, is to get a husband, is to get a wife. All these things are bonuses. They are bonuses. The focus is to go to heaven. Some too, if, if you ask them why they are in church, they will tell you I'm in church so that one, when I die, the church can bury me. The church can give me a befitting barrier. So this is the reason why some go to church. So you see that they are in church, all right. But 
deep, 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 deep within them, they are not repentant. So the Bible says that the kingdom of God is like a man, a fisherman, who went out to fish. He casts his net into the sea. He catches all kinds of fishes. Then he brings it to the shore. Then he begins to sort them out. Some he will throw away. So don't be deceived. That just being a member alone is enough to go to heaven. There are more things. You need to consciously prepare. That is why I am speaking on the topic. Preparing to meet Jesus. Let's quickly read Matthew chapter 25. Let's take it from verse 1. Matthew 25. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. Take note. There are some key words. The first Bible says ten what? Virgins. Five of them were foolish. Five were wise. Let's go. The foolish ones took their lambs but did not take any oil with them. The, the wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lambs. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lambs. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of the oil. Our lambs are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready with who were ready in with him went with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Praise the Lord. So this is a typical example of the church. Matthew was equating the kingdom of God to ten virgins. Who is a virgin? A virgin is one who has not defiled herself sexually or himself sexually. So, a virgin only from Sobia and the church is supposed to be virgin. Virgin in the sense that Bible says that Christ will come for his church. A church without stains. A church without any wrinkle. A soldier, a feeling, a enim. So these ten virgins, they had kept themselves all right. They were very good. But what happened? Bible describes some these virgins as foolish. Have you thought of that? They were virgins, but they were foolish. And I was asking, why? Why does the Bible describe them as foolish? Foolish in the sense that when they were going to meet their bridegroom, they refused to prepare. Omo problem, omo ye ano no. Omo problem, ano no. It's because they refused to prepare. So they were in church, but yet, oh, perhaps they thought, oh, what we had is enough, so we can manage it. Or perhaps they were thinking, oh. We are not even sure whether this thing is real. But yet, they were virgins. And 
In fact, we need to commend them for even keeping their virginity. For even for the Bible to describe them as virgin means that they had taken a very bold step not to defile themselves. But yet, the Bible describes them as foolish. I pray that Bible will never describe you and I as such. Oh, I said Bible will never describe you and I as such. As I said, the only difference was preparation. 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 What are some of the things that prevent us from preparing to meet Jesus? He has said that I am going. In the last, on the Great Commission, before he ascended, he told them, I am going. But I will come back. And I will come back for my church. So Christ very soon will come. Hello? I said, Christ very soon will come. But you see, some Christians are living their lives as though Christ will never come. But yet they are in church. They behave like the five foolish virgins. Oh, God have mercy. Hindrances to preparation or factors that cause people not to prepare to meet Jesus whilst even in church. One is pleasure. 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 You can write 2 Timothy 3 verse 4. Bible says that they are lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. They are lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. Hardly, they, they only come to church on Sunday. But when programs are faced, hardly do they even come. It's because perhaps there may be some program somewhere the best place or the only source of entertainment for us is in the church. True or false? True or false? If you have any source apart from the church, then you are not ready to meet Jesus. You are not ready to meet Jesus. Especially, let me say this. This new app, I don't know whether it has been there since long as I say, but this thing called TikTok. How many of you are on TikTok here? God bless you. It is very appalling. Very, very, very appalling. The kind of things our youth go there to do. And I ask myself, hey, so all these people are part of the virgins in the church. You see them and I'm told, I'm told the more your videos come out and people like it, the more you gain money. True of us. True. And there is the notion that for people to follow you, you need to at least go rascal, true or false. Expose yourself. And yet, we have youths in the church. They go there and the kind of things they post. TikTok, Facebook, and WhatsApp, and you ask yourself, oh, where did we go wrong as a church? Youths, I am number one advocate of Christians going on social media. I will encourage all of us here as Apostle concluded that if we don't sow the good seed the enemy will end up sowing the bad ones. So it is hard time if you are on Facebook you go there, oh one lady I've been seeing on TikTok I don't know her but I admire her so much she will be quoting and always evangelizing and posts are all evangelistic. I said, wow. 
We need Christian people there. We need Christian men and women. But you will go there, you are following the crowd. The, because of money. No kofio, no bayi. No kofio. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And yet forfeit his or his soul. Are we together? One lady who was in my church, and for some reason she had to go to Kumasi. I see her on TikTok, and I was sad. I see we did twerk, and I, what kind of twerk? Omuni mna mungu kana dena sana omuni mna making. Dena making sana omuni mna making. And you go because people because you want to what's the way you want to trend. You trend, so you have to go the extra foolish way. No. May God have mercy. May God have mercy. If you're on TikTok and your videos, whether TikTok or Facebook or any other handle, social media handles, and your postings do not bring glory to God, go and delete them. I pray that God will touch you. Repent! As we, we said it, because the kingdom of God is near. It is near. It is near. Let me quickly run up. And then, Bible says that the world and its pleasure pleasures are passing. They are passing. Hallelujah. So pleasure, materialism, because of fame, money, these things have caused people to derive from the glory. And then last of the flesh, then one thing, I am too young. You see, as I said, my poor life, kakra. I need to enjoy life. Because me, I am too young. Listen, I came to tell you, we pray that God will satisfy us with long life. But the truth is that adults die and the children also die. True or false? Yes. The youths are dying. So tomorrow is not for you. You must live your life as though Christ will come tomorrow. May God help us. And then lastly, how then do you prepare to meet Jesus? How then do you prepare? How? So the hindrances I talked on pleasure, then materialism, materialism, lust of the flesh, and then the notion that I am too young. I am too young, so I must enjoy life. So how then do you prepare for the coming of Jesus? The first step is to accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Some people were born into the church. So they think once you are born into the church, you are saved. No, you must take the next step. And the next step is accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And accepting him is not enough. The Bible says that we must not... I think most of you, Matthew 15 verse 8... You worship me with your mouth, but your heart are far from me. I pray that this morning, as we have come for this service, 
as we are reminding ourselves of the coming of Jesus, and as we prepare ourselves, we also prepare our hearts as he comes. Then two, guard your salvation with all diligence. Guard the salvation with all diligence. Hey, salvation is expensive, but yet it has been given to us freely. Thank God that one of the topics for this year is putting on the helmet of salvation. So if you're a Christian here, if you're a Christian youth, you need to constantly put on that helmet of salvation. It protects the head. Helmet protects the head. The kind of things that we hear, the kind of things we say, the kind of things that enter into our hear, people can discourage you. The person may even be in church with you. But once your helmet of salvation is well fit, you are able to guard your own salvation. Then the next one, to be able to prepare for the coming, you need to get deeply rooted and grounded in the word. Hey, brother! Hey, sister! Yeah, so you must always ensure that you are fully grounded in the word. Nothing. Don't allow deception. Don't allow light from all angles cause you to move away. And then the next point I want to talk about is focus. Focus on Jesus. Continue fixing your eyes on Jesus. Yes, he will take care of you. Don't exchange your salvation for anything. Don't think God has done his part. It is time to also give in to people in order to receive. No, God has assured us that he is always with us. And then lastly, you must keep watch over your life. Keep watch. Keep watch in the sense that no one knows the day, the hour the Lord will come. One of my elders once said that Jesus said I will be coming 2,000 years ago. And over 2,000 he has not come. But today, if you die, he has come for you. Jesus is coming. Comes in different ways. So today, if you die, that is it. The Bible says that there is no repentance after death. So this morning, as I said, we don't want to assume that everybody here is okay. If you are not too sure whether today, if Jesus comes, you go to heaven, then your preparation is not enough. This morning, I want you to examine yourself and see whether you are still in the faith or you only come to church. You only satisfy us by attending to church. But inwardly, you know that something is lacking. 